Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update on the corn and sunflower harvests. Also, we'll hear from Western Canadian Wheat Growers President Gunter Yoakum. And up first in today's country comment, Kim Brown Livingston, the province's weed specialist, will join us on the program. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. A pigweed known as Palmer amaranth has been discovered in Manitoba. Kim Brown Livingston is the province's weed specialist. Well, a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, an agronomist had called and suspected that she'd found some Palmer amaranths in a bean field and was describing it and sent some pictures. And, you know, visually, it we were pretty sure it was a, it was Palmer amaranth, but just to, you know with the pigweeds because a lot of them do look alike. There's many species of them, and some of them are fairly harmless. They're just kind of regular weeds, but a few of them are quite um, uh, aggressive weeds. And uh, so, anyways, we sent it to the the samples were sent into the Pest Surveillance Initiative Lab in Winnipeg, uh, which is run by the Manitoba Canola Growers. And so, we got a positive DNA confirmation that it definitely was Palmer amaranth. So, uh, so that was a couple of weeks ago. So, I've also sent the samples away to a different lab that will do resistance testing for different herbicide groups. We we won't hear on those results for a while, but we did definitely have that that. Um, positive confirmation which you know we weren't surprised uh but it was you know it it definitely uh, is here now and uh, we'll have to keep watching for it is this the first time it's been found in the province we thought we had some maybe a year ago there was some suspected plants just based on the size of them but there was not um that was before i had started and so there wasn't really anything nothing was sent away nothing was confirmed so we had a suspicion that there may have been a plant or two around and again this is just what we found um this was um you know a very good agronomist out scouting and saw these plants and knew something wasn't right and so there may be more out there too that we just haven't found and uh you know but um you know, we're not surprised that it was here. With it being so close, it's right across the border to the south of us. So we knew it was just a matter of time before it showed up somewhere somehow. And then once it gets here, though, we have to make sure we don't let it um, become established. Talk a little bit more about the weed, why it's such a big concern. Yeah, Palmer amaranth is probably the number one weed in the U.S. right now, and it's causing problems elsewhere in the world. The pigweeds in general can be very invasive weeds. Um, they're very um, they're they're very prolific seed producers. So you could be up to a million seeds off a really big plant, but generally we'd be somewhere in that maybe three to five hundred thousand seeds per plant, and so that's a lot of seeds. And they're very small. They can get moved around very quickly, um, very easily in just a little bit of dirt on some machinery. It can get moved in, as a contaminant in, in seed. Um, it can be moved um, through the digestive tract of, of waterfowl as they come north. And so we know these weed seeds are moving around. And But Palmer amaranths, um, just the pigweeds in general, again, can be quite um, aggressive weeds. But Palmer amaranths and one of its relations, water hemp, they are very, um, very invasive, and they're very. They can cause a lot of yield damage. Also, develop herbicide resistance very, very quickly. And because of that, a lot of herbicide groups that we normally would use to kill these weeds in a crop just are not working anymore. And so, there's multiple herbicide resistance of Palmer amaranths in the world. Um, you know, I think up to eight different groups, different chemistries, and there's cross resistance within that to at least four or five different groups. So the same population of Palmer amaranth can be resistant to five different herbicide groups. 
So you are running out of options to do anything about this weed once you get it. So the idea is just to not let it establish here. Did you mention where this was? Uh, this particular weed was found? Yeah, it was found in the arm of Dufferin. And so because of privacy, we don't um, release any more information than that. Um, it was in a bean field, um, so it was found a little bit later in the year. The beans, of course, this year a lot of our beans were very short, so it was a very noticeable weed. It was oh, probably seven feet tall and um, very distinctive looking. So again, once we saw it, we knew what it was. Um, but it was found in the arm of Dufferin, and so it, there had been some water hemp found in Dufferin before, so now there's Palmer as well as water hemp has been found in that RM. And uh, we are in the process of updating our pigweed maps because we have three different pigweed species that um, are our tier one noxious weeds. Those are the ones that we have to destroy so they don't become established here. And so we're in the process of updating those maps. But you will see uh, those mapped just by the RM. Uh, so we won't know, or you, people won't know where the fields are, but they will know that it's present in that RM or has been present in the past. And so just to be you know, vigilant and keep an eye out looking for it. That was Kim Brown Livingston, the province's weed specialist, talking to us here today about the discovery of a pigweed known as Palmer amaranth in the RM of Dufferin. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Knute. The Western Canadian Wheat Growers says it's shocked by the depth of the impact of the federal government's proposed 30% reduction in fertilizer emissions. Fertilizer Canada has commissioned an independent analysis of the effects of the proposed emissions reduction. The analysis by MNP calculates that if Canada adopts the EU model, Manitoba would see a $1.58 billion loss in their canola, corn and spring wheat crops. Gunter Joachim is president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers. It's always been on our minds at the wheat growers that proposed fertilizer reduction will cause problems. It boils down to it will cause reduction in net farm receipts. You apply less fertilizer, you grow less crop, you're making less money. Farm margins are tight as it is. It's just not good for the future of farming. And an unwanted weed species has been found in Manitoba. Kim Brown Livingston is the province's weed specialist. A couple of weeks ago, um, uh, an agronomist had called and suspected that she'd found some Palmer amaranths in a bean field and was describing it and sent some pictures. And, you know, visually, we were pretty sure it was Palmer amaranths. But just, to, you know, with the pigweeds, because a lot of them do look alike, there's many species of them. And some of them are fairly harmless. They're just kind of regular weeds, but a few of them are quite... Um, uh, aggressive weeds. These samples were sent in to the Pest Surveillance Initiative Lab in Winnipeg, uh, which is run by the Manitoba Canola Growers, and so we got a positive DNA confirmation that it definitely was Palmer amaranth. The weed was discovered in the RM of Dufferin. Brown Livingston believes this is the first case of Palmer amaranth found in Manitoba. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, October 1st. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers. The president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers is greatly concerned about the impact of the federal government's proposed 30% reduction in fertilizer emissions. Here's Gunter Joachim. It's always been on our minds at the Wheat Growers that that proposed fertilizer reduction will cause problems. Uh, it will basically, it, it boils down to it will cause a reduction in net farm receipts. 
you apply less fertilizer, you grow less crop, uh, you're making less money. And farm margins are tight as it is, and it's it's just not good for the future of farming. So, I, I mean, it's it's not good policy going forward. And I guess now with uh, Fertilizer Canada, they, they engaged uh, Myers North Penny to do a study on this. So this isn't just anecdotal or anything. No, this, a, a major national accounting firm looked at this proposal and what, how it would impact farmers and, and farming across Western Canada, and it does not look good. And not only would it, will it affect family farms, it will have a trickle-down effect right through the economy. We grow less canola, less wheat, uh, you know, less corn, you name it. And there will be less product to be handled. Uh, crush capacity, canola crush capacity across Western Canada is uh, at its maximum, right? We, we have so much crush capacity, they rely on us farmers to grow uh, enough canola to satisfy all that crush capacity. And by reducing fertilizer use, the way the government is proposing it will mean there is a reduction in the amount of canola we grow. And so it will trickle down to the crusher that they won't be able to uh, utilize all the capacity. It's it's just bad policy. With the drought there this year, how are things shaping up this fall in terms of, of fertilizer application? Well, it's uh, it's so dry right now. I doubt that there will be a lot, if any, fall fertilizer application. And and that's the other thing. I mean, right now, this whole world is starting to go upside down pretty quick. Uh, there's major plant shutdowns because of natural gas problems, uh, natural gas prices going through the roof, uh, fertilizer manufacturers saying, hey, the, well, this isn't going to work. Uh, there's supply chain problems. The last thing we need is for the government to come down and say, hey, you guys need to reduce fertilizer use, right? It Let the marketplace decide that. And governments should be there to actually help uh, farmers uh, realize their full economic potential. In other words, uh, you know, we have all this crush capacity. Let's go back to that. And uh, let's make sure we can fill the pipeline, right? Uh, this this year, it, it actually, this out year shows exactly what happens if you do not have enough uh, grain grown in Canada, right? There's shortages. And, of course, prices go up. But at the end of the day, uh, it's not good. It is not good. A shortage is never good. So there's other ways we can get towards that goal of 30% uh, fertilizer reduction, and that's through... um, the 4R nutrient uh, management, right? We've talked about that before. Most farmers know about it, if not all. And we utilize that latest technology already, right? We do variable rate. 
We're soil sampling. Actually, our farm here will get soil sampled this week and next week. Uh, we look at residual fertilizer reserves in the ground, and we'll adjust our crop rotation accordingly. And so it, it's not like farmers go out willy-nilly spreading fertilizer uh, just because it's fun. No, we uh, utilize fertilizer to maximize profitability, maximize production, and, uh, yeah, grow uh, safe, affordable food. Talk a little bit more about um, soil testing and the importance, you know, that'll play on a year like this. Well, on a year like this, so it, it's especially on crops uh, like our cereal crops or canola crops that uh, were really impacted by drought and and maybe you only had 10 to 25% of what you expected to produce off that field. And meanwhile, you... you you fertilized it last spring for full yield potential. Only a quarter or less of the crop actually grew. That means uh, because of all the dry conditions, there's a lot of fertility left in the ground. And we're seeing that on, on early uh, soil tests that are coming back. You see uh, really high nitrogen levels, phosphate levels, you name it. It's there. So... We are looking at these fields and saying, okay, well, in, in particular fields that are really high in nitrogen, would we want to grow uh, peas in there or other nitrogen-fixing crops? Probably not a good idea because uh, uh, peas or soybeans that, that fix nitrogen naturally, if you put them in a high-end field, they just become lazy and don't fix enough nitrogen for their use because they, they sense there's, hey, there's nitrogen here. We don't need to do this work, right, to fix nitrogen. And they become lazy. And at the end of the day, you end up with actually a poor crop. So uh, we can't just go out and say, hey, yeah, our crop rotation will be, you know, so many peas, so many soybeans. Um, no, we actually take a hard look at our soil test and uh, include that into the crop rotation decision. That was Western Canadian Wheat Growers President Gunter Joachim sharing his concerns with the government's 30% proposed reduction in fertilizer emissions. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting an introduction to holistic management Mondays beginning October 4th and running until November 8th. The online sessions will be held from 6 to 7 p.m. Registration is required. The fall 2021 Regen Egg Grazing Tour is happening October 7th from 1.30 to 3.30 at Nurbaz Brothers Angus at Shellmouth, Manitoba. Topics of discussion include balancing forage to cow resource ratio, temporary fencing systems, and more. Registration is required. Visit mfga.net to register. Egg in Motion presents a post-harvest information session October 20th. Topics include storing grain options, winter equipment decisions, and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website to register. And Keystone Agricultural Producers Fall Advisory Council meeting takes place via Zoom October 20th starting at 9 a.m. 
Go to the CAP website to register. The deadline to submit resolutions is October 12th. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon. Joining us now is agronomist Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance to give us an update on the grain corn harvest. It started a little bit. I don't think too awfully much, but I do know of a few guys that have started going this week. And I think actually possibly late last week, there was a little tiny bit started just poking in. Have you heard anything about yields or anything like that? Or? I've I've heard some of the good yields and right. I haven't heard of anything too negative yet. So um, I don't know if that's really telling of anything, but um, from what I'm hearing so far, basically hitting the numbers that they were expecting to hit. So um, some guys are saying, you know, the two thirds of what of normal, um, some are maybe a little bit lower than that, but um, nothing really concrete yet. Is it coming off dry or? I think it's coming off reasonably dry. Last week, the stuff that was being taken off early was, um, you know, in the high 20s or 28%, I think I was hearing. Um, so that was a little damp, but this week it sounds um, kind of all over the place. Some very, very dry and and some in the low 20s, I'd say. Sunflowers, where are things at there? A lot of desiccation has occurred. Um, some harvest um, is occurring too, I think, slowly. Desiccation has basically started probably um, maybe two weeks ago for the earlier stuff, but I did see somebody harvesting it on, on theirs on Wednesday, um, and there's still a lot of desiccation to happen yet. That's just sort of the sunflowers are just slowly sort of chugging along. So they're they're probably waiting till next week. So it'll definitely be stretched out, but I think that that's welcome too right now. Are we ahead of schedule? Yeah, yeah. I think generally everything is is ahead of schedule. Corn's probably pretty accurate for timing right now. Um, but yeah, sunflowers, some of the fields are just, just dry and ready to roll. So I think this is um, earlier for them. And it doesn't look like there's frost in the forecast, but if we if we did see some frost, I guess is that an issue at this point or no, I think everything's pretty much ready to go. There's those fields that aren't desiccated for sunflowers might have a little bit of um quality loss, but I don't think that it would be great. I think I think right now we're as about as safe as we're gonna be. That was agronomist Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance updating us on the grain, corn, and sunflower harvests. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. A pigweed known as Palmer amaranth has been discovered in Manitoba. Kim Brown Livingston is the province's weed specialist. It was found in the arm of Dufferin, and so because of privacy, we don't um, release any more information than that. It was in a bean field, um, so it was found a little bit later in the year. The beans, of course, this year, a lot of our beans were very short, so it was a very noticeable weed. It was, oh, probably seven feet tall, very distinctive looking, so again, once we saw it, we knew what it was. It was found in the arm of Dufferin, and so there had been some water hemp found in Dufferin before, so now there's Palmer as well as water hemp has been found in that RM. Brown Livingston believes this is the first case of Palmer amaranth found in Manitoba and possibly Canada. The president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers is greatly concerned about the impact of the federal government's proposed 30% reduction in fertilizer emissions. Here's Gunter Yoakum. It's not good policy going forward. Now with uh, Fertilizer Canada, they engaged uh, Myers-North Penny to do a study on this. So this isn't just anecdotal or anything. A major national accounting firm looked at this proposal, how it would impact farmers and farming across Western Canada, and it does not look good. 
The analysis by MNP calculates that if Canada adopts the EU model, Manitoba would see a $1.58 billion loss in their canola, corn, and spring wheat crops. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on Monday show, we'll talk about soil testing and 4R nutrient management. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.